911, what's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Talk to Living podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and this morning I am joined by Mr. Scott Medlin. Scott, how are you? I'm doing outstanding. How are you? I'm good, too. Thank you. Scott lives in North Carolina, which is very far from Southern California, (laughs) and um, (laughs) Scott is a police officer. He's an author, and he's also a public speaker, and I thought that we can kind of... um, kind of start, Scott, by you telling us how you became a police officer in the first place. I was a little kid when I made that decision because I saw a guy in a na- in my neighborhood who didn't live there going door to door, looking in windows, knocking on doors, and he would stand really, really close to the door waiting on someone to answer it. And I was in my mom's car in the garage uh, and I looked up the road and I saw him and I said, mom, we got to get out of here. That that man doesn't live here. Why is he doing that? And she looked at up the street. She saw him and she said, yeah, OK. So she called the police and I just remember feeling scared and I wanted someone to come help. And that's what kind of got the, the the mental wheel rolling about. I can be that person in the future that responds to help the people that need it. So that's yeah. what that's what got it started. And then uh, when I was in high school, I attended a career fair where I spoke to a police recruiter and then he encouraged me to do a ride along. And that ride along converted me instantly. That was awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> now, I, I don't want to waste a lot of time because I want to talk about your book. Now, Scott has written Mental Health Fight of the Heroes in Blue. This is what it looks like. And the reason I am pointing this out to you is because I have had the privilege of being able to consume so much content, in particular <laughs> books books that are written by first responders and police officers in particular. And what I want to point out to you, Scott, I hope it's okay to brag on you a little bit here is there's not a lot of the times it's, um, it's autobiographies sort of, so to speak. It's not necessarily this hard research that is constructed in a way to where somebody with no neurological background, no background in psychology can easily pick this up. And I say that because you have these call to actions after each chapter two, where it's, it's actually something that's interactive and has a lot of, a lot of ways for us to be able to take action just by reading your book. And I'm super curious to know what even sparked your interest in deciding to write such an in-depth book in the first place as a police officer. Well, thank you for all that. Uh, but back January of 2020, I'd, I'd hit the 12 year mark in law enforcement. I had no idea that the last three years prior that more cops by a long shot had committed suicide than those who were actually killed in the line of duty. And I'm upset about that because if I didn't know it, other cops across the country didn't know it either. And I was like, I got to I have to do something about this. And a voice in my head just said, write a book. <laughs> uh, I, I, I knew that based on <clears throat> my experience of going through counseling before numerous years, and it all started from deployments in Iraq, that I had some knowledge of psychology. And then I had listened to a lot of self-help gurus talk about mental mindset versus panic and anxiety and depression, all this kind of stuff. I said, well, all right, I'm just going to push forward and I'm going to write this book because I have to do something. This has to come out in the open that more cops are killing themselves. And the fact that depression, substance abuse, it's all still there. Um, And that's what, that's what got it started. Man, 
did you do all of this on your own when it came to the research? What I mean, because there's you dive pretty deep. I have a background in studying, you know, a lot of different neurological aspects and everything in your book is literally outlined for a police officer who has struggled with anything in their past, any kind of traumatic situations, any self-diagnosed or any clinical diagnosed. And you can literally pick up this book and it's like a, a roadmap for you. I even, I was teasing you a little bit, telling you that if you don't create a fucking program with this book, then I'm going <laughs> yeah. to go ahead and take it and do it for you. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, I was working at an alternative school at the time when I started writing it. I went to the school psychologist and I said, hey, I'm going to write a book. And she went, Okay, <laughs> I said, and, and her husband was actually a police officer, or is a police officer. He's a deputy sheriff now, but he, I said, how how can I research psychology? What what do I need to look into? And she gave me basically, she pointed me back to her bookshelf, and she said, here, take any book you want. And I took probably six or seven books, and I plopped them in front of me, and I started reading, and I said, this is relevant. Okay, that's relevant, and I just put it all into the book. Mental Health Fight of the Heroes and Blue. Man, that's inspiring and not something that a lot of people take the proactive action to do on their own free will. So I definitely applaud you for that. And while you were doing your research in that way, how did this help you as a police officer going through the process of actually formulating this book? It just it just helped me to stay more aware of my mindset, notice if I was going down a negative path, stuff like that. And I still do. We're human. We're all going to make mistakes and we all get pulled into negative tendencies. And I know you talk about how our phones can consume our time and our life and that's not good and the dopamine hits and all that. So, yeah, it helps me to be more aware of that stuff. And that's that's the objective for the book. Help officers become more aware when they're going down a bad road. Because ultimately, it's up to the person to realize that they're going down a bad road because they can act on it. No, nobody's really going to do anything for you. You have to be the one to understand and pick up on bad patterns of thinking or, or habits that you have. Uh, so that, that's how it's helped me. You actually say that in your book, that like nobody is coming to save you. You need to be right. the one to make that decision to save yourself, which I think is super important. And that first that first step is actually um, getting the information right. Having the, there's the support system that needs to take place and all these other things. But I'm wondering because I don't I don't simply know a lot of officers that pick up books and read. So how is it that you're able to get this book and convince people to actually consume this content? Just by relaying my own personal experiences saying I've been addicted to some things. I've, I've been depressed. I've had anxiety. I've had to deal with PTSD, still getting treated for it now to this day to how to manage those thoughts that that movie that just plays over and over and over again. When I, when, the, when the people read the book's summary on Amazon, which is it, the books are on Amazon or the mental health fight of the heroes in blue and my other book, 101 health tips for police. They're both on Amazon. If you read the summary, I'm not coming across as some know-it-all scholar by any means. Uh, it's relatable. And that, that's how I'm able to get it in the hands of people who need it. I need, to, I need to do better at getting it in more hands. But people are also now starting to subscribe to my YouTube channel where I go over content in the book as well as other things. And there's links below to the book. And that, that's been a big help as well to get it to the right people. More officers need it. And that's what I'm saying. It, it just more of this information has to come out, especially I feel like police who are going through the rookie school, police academy, basic law enforcement training, what, whatever it's called, their minds are impressionable at that stage when when learning about the career. More of this stuff has to be taught for the people getting into law enforcement. 
Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Everybody's saying good morning. Good morning, everybody. Scott, do you see the triggers? And if so, what's in your toolbox? The, the triggers I would have, have to say are when, when things start getting painful, whether it be painful marriages, you start feeling painful and stiff all during the shift. Is, is that what you're asking so far as what, what you pick up on? Yeah, I think that's what they're asking. Okay. Okay. Uh, when, when, when life all of a sudden starts to change for you in a way where someone might say, you know, you, you always liked going out, but you don't want to go out anymore. You just want to sit on the couch and veg out and just watch TV. Now that's, that's part of a process, but this is what I'm saying. We have to become aware of this kind of stuff. Or you find that you really have a hard time not drinking alcohol at the end of a shift or at, at worst case scenario, you really start wondering what life would be like without you around and your family. And I actually know an officer who started to plan that out and it will, what life be like without him in the picture for his, his uh, wife and son, because he was having suicide ideations. That's what I'm saying. It's all about awareness and being, and being mindful. And then at the end of the book, I actually write about useful techniques. And some of them are ones that are just laughed at but I had to get over my macho man card and start doing things like yoga, meditation in order to really reel in negative feelings and tension and sickness that you can really gain control over not over how you not over not only how you do on the job, but also how you live your life, because the job is not our life. It should never be our life. You have a life to live. Live it. Don't let that job get in the way of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're so right, Scott. It all needs to start during the academy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Scott, I know that we're going to be talking a little bit about how uh, uh, some of your processes heed into things like morale at the department. Can we talk a little bit about that? Obviously, morale is being challenged right now. I, I feel like a lot of police officers feel one, if they bring something forward, that they're going to lose their job. If they say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I need some help. They're, they're in fear of losing their job. I'm not saying they're going to lose their job. The department I worked for for the last 12 years before going to a university setting, that department took mental health pretty serious in the fact that they they, they regenerated and restarted. Well, you, you, you got to love these live streams when they turn into the voice of that's kind of how lives work sometimes. I'm super impressed by the way that Scott's book is outlined in here because like I said, it's it's designed in a way to where somebody who has absolutely no knowledge of the mental health field can easily pick this up and then use it as a tool. Scott, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. All right. Uh, yes. I, it took a lot to <laughs> I love live streams, I guess. Don't worry. We can edit this out. It's working on my end. How do you, okay, good. Can you, can you, can you hear me now? Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Good deal. Uh, what, what was the question about how, how the book is laid out in a way where no one can, no one with oh, prior knowledge can still follow along with it. Those were just my filler words while we couldn't hear you talk. Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about, everyone's laughing. We were talking about ways to improve the morale and we know that it sucks so bad now. And that's kind of all that I heard. Yes. Uh, I talked about our department that I used to work for restarted an active chaplain program. And I know that morale also is tough because of the negative media attention. My advice to that is just turn off the news. <laughs> Seriously, just, just turn off the news. Uh, also morale is being challenged because not only are we still dealing with violent criminals and, but the, the amount of paperwork and procedures and court processes is just getting more and more and more. But the thing is, there's no, I don't think there's any stopping that we can't stop them. The negative attention. We can't stop the amount of paperwork. That's just, 
insurmountable at this point. <laughs> I think it's only going to increase, which is why it's more important to be more aware and take daily steps each and every day. Just force yourself to do something that's healthy. And, and that's what my book can guide you on to become more aware because morale the state of morale can begin with you. An officer who is very disgruntled, very sick, just wishes retirement would get here tomorrow, yet they still have 15 years to go. And yet you can take uh, uh, the same person with the same amount of experience. They're perfectly fine for the most part. It's, it's all about mindset. So morale can have a lot to do with mindset, even though we are up against a lot. Yeah, that, that's beautifully stated. Um, meditation, yoga, and exercise are so important to heal. Absolutely. The name of the book is called, it's by Scott, and it says, uh, Mental Health, Fight of the Heroes in Blue. And this is what it looks like. Hope everybody likes the cover. <laughs> I do. How'd you choose it? I hired a guy on Upwork.com because I don't have any, I do not, I do not have design skills at all. But I said, here's what my book is about. And I paid him a hundred bucks and I said, design it, please. And he came up with that cover design. I love it. So when we're talking about the the way that you've laid out strategies to be able to increase morale, not only for yourself and the personal things that you can do to heal, but how that has this trickling effect on the department, which it really does, not just the department, but people in your own sphere of influence within your home and the people you hang around with. How yep. can how can we go from creating this this sort of new version of me to being able to then decrease the mental health issues? How do those two things relate? Wow, that's a good question. Based on what I wrote about in the book, I I believe that every officer, and I've kind of already touched on this, I believe that every officer must understand that our brains are not wired to see the things we do. And if police academies, the rookie schools get officers familiar with this, and then supervisors on the way, all the way up the chain continuously hammer at home that we're in a tough job and they... And they do not allow things like negativity to run rampant. Uh, when, when an officer walks into roll call, and, and look, I'm guilty as charged. When an officer walks into roll call and says, shit, I got 12 hours to go. That's not setting your mind up for a good shift. And, it, and that energy goes to the other officers. I had no idea about this stuff until I started researching. So just take it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. This stuff, this is how it needs to happen, where it's just small things that can be implemented into our morale and if morale can improve on an individual and department level, then I do believe that the mental health uh, issues can decrease as long as each and every officer for themselves, as well as for the sake of their team and the department they work with or the sheriff's office they work with, are more aware of the, the mindfulness and, and being healthy. Uh, and, and, and I could go on and on. I encourage you to read the book about different things that contribute to low morale or low mental or, or high mental health issues. Yeah, for sure. Yes, the state of morale begins with you. So right with this. Absolutely. And I, I have to tell you something because it, it keeps coming up for me. And I had recently listened to a metaphor where um, somebody was talking about being intimate with your partner. So let's say it's a female and she's with her husband and her husband tickles her while they're in bed, just like hanging out together. So the context of that is, is severely different than a female who is pissed off and in a bad mood and her husband comes up and starts to tickle her like she's going to want to sock him in the gut. So I'm, I'm bringing up the word context because what you just said, I think that not only having the shift in, in 
in how we're thinking about things, how we're approaching things, but also the context that we're creating. So what makes it possible for you, especially in the beginning when you were first learning how to do this for yourself, to be able to create your own context? At first, I failed miserably at it because I had heard from numerous veterans, cut it off, take the uniform off, take the job off and be with your family. I wish I would have known, and I write about this in the book, you can't literally just turn it off. Our brains have gone through experiencing trauma, seeing things that humans are not supposed to see at all. Uh, there have been stress hormones that have been fired off during the shift. And there have, there have literally been chemical reactions physically and physiologically within us for 12 hours or however long your shift has been. You just can't cut that off because you go from all this stress and, and adrenaline and stuff like that to just a complete from this up here. And then when you get home, it goes completely the opposite way. That's what can lead to anxiety, depression, and PTSD. So what I encourage officers to do is take the time to decompress somehow, have coping mechanisms that are active. You just can't go from, you can't go from being in a fight with somebody to going home and, and it's, and you may think you're doing well, playing with your, your, your kid or, or, or tickling the spouse. Uh, but there, there are, there are thoughts going on and emotions being stirred up, uh, in, in your. Absolutely. So Scott's on pause again. I'm not sure what's going on with our, our connection here, probably because everybody in the world is trying to connect remotely right now, but, um, training in courses when faced with trauma. And like you said, Scott reframe the immediate mindset. That is super, super important. Um, officers spend countless hours learning how to survive and work, but very little on how to survive off duty. I think that is such an important point here because I think that if a lot of people can certainly agree with that. Um, here, kinda, I will register after the live is over, <laughs> trying to get the barbershop open. Have a really good day, Michelle. Um, here we go. Have an awesome day. You too. Let me re-add Scott on here and remove this one. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. We're wrapping up anyway, Scott. Um, I know you have a YouTube channel where essentially you're taking a lot of what you teach in your book and you're putting in, into actually how to live this and and show people, especially those that maybe don't have time to to listen to a book. So can you let me know how people can can get a hold of you and contact you on your YouTube channel? Yes, uh, the YouTube channel is called the Law Enforcement Motivation Channel, and I've got about 45 videos up there now. Uh, and then you also go to leomotivation.com where that that's my website you'll find all about me and then the the books i have as well as all the videos in like a vlog format uh, that's how you can find me but youtube is the law enforcement motivation channel perfect and your book i bought on amazon that's probably the easiest way for people to get it is there any other way to get it nope that's it it's self-published on amazon and that is the only way i mean if this cool. doesn't have amazon so <laughs> there it is cool um, if I could just leave by asking you one more question, and I just want to know before you started this journey of self, people call it everything, right? You had first mentioned having that inner voice telling you that it was time for you to write a book. And some people would call that God or the universe, something, you know, that everybody has their own, their own modality when it comes to things spiritually and religiously. But I, I just want to know when you started this journey versus where you're at right now, if you could have given yourself one piece of advice in order to kind of push you forward and to keep you going, what would you have said? Uh, it was God. Also, knowing that we're, we're all part of a bigger picture here. It, I thought it used to be just respond to a call, address it, and that's it. But when I found out about more about 
what we put out is what we receive. And then also how we are in our thoughts becomes our reality kind of thing, because what you focus on tends to come to the surface uh, and become a reality. I, I wish I would have known all that stuff prior to, but now that I do, I just encourage people to become more familiar with it. And just to keep pushing forward, know that we are part of a of a huge picture here, especially law enforcement, where uh, it, you really have a chance to do something tremendous, with, not only in a career, but in your life, affecting other people and helping them in a great way. So keep pushing forward. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for gifting us with your time this morning. I wish you nothing but success. I don't think this will be the last time that you and I are face to face doing a live interview like this together. And I'm just so, so grateful for all the work you're doing. So thank you. Oh, it's, it's been an honor. Hope someone learned something today. Act on act on just being the best you can. And for those in law enforcement who are you know really struggling with morale or mental health issues right now, just don't give up something a little bit more and more each day. One of the best quotes I heard was, you won't be able to change overnight, but if you change 1% each day, a year from now, you'll be 365% better. So just keep pushing forward. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you.